Welcome to the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I have said that I think this is the year that America decides whether we survive or not. And that we are truly, the Western world is one major event away from the loss of freedom of speech. The intelligence agencies, have, as have been pointed out in congressional hearings, are silencing voices all around the West, partnering with the Five Eyes, and operating cognitive psyops. Now, this is not a theory. This has come out in congressional hearings from whistleblowers. This is what we used to call brainwashing, and we are using our military, the military and intelligence operations of the five biggest nations in the West. Well, Anna Stanley, she's a former civil servant from the UK, the foreign office there. She went and attended a course at King's College called Issues Encountering Terrorism. This is a story you need to hear. She joins us in 60 seconds. Here's a great New Year's resolution you can actually keep. If you have three minutes in the morning, you can keep your face wrinkle-free. Introducing Gen 90. This is the new instant wrinkle treatment from GenuCell. Gen 90 instantly reduces the appearances of wrinkles anywhere you use it. Around the eyes, the forehead, the crow's feet, the laugh lines, even the chin. And it starts working in seconds. Gen 90 technology is luxurious, nourishing, and silk smooth. And best of all, it starts working in just seconds. You'll know because you'll feel the tingle every single time. There's a reason why GenuCell has 400% more customer loyalty than other skincare brands. And Gen 90 is now on sale at GenuCell.com, and it's included in the bestseller packages. Before you go overseas to get harsh procedures for thousands of dollars, please... Give Gen 90 a try first. Make your fine lines and wrinkles disappear wherever they are and before you even leave the room or you'll get your money back. The beauty of GenuCell is that it really works and you're going to love it. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck. GenuCell.com slash Beck. Free shipping on all orders now. It's GenuCell.com slash Beck. G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Beck. So I read an article by Anna Stanley last week, and it was hair-raising. I sent it to all of my relatives, and I said, and so it begins. She attended a King's College course called Issues Encountering Terrorism. It was organized uh, by the Center for Defense Studies, designed for civil servants and professionals in counterterrorism. Staff from the Foreign Office of the UK, Ministry of Justice, Ministry of Defense, Home Office, um, and it was all a three-day course with lecturers from King's College, visiting senior research fellows, professors, and they included those who held former positions such as permanent secretary of the Home Office, director of GCHQ, defense minister, and foreign office director. So this is not some fringy thing. This is in this is involving some of the greater minds and the known names in England. Anna is here to tell us what she experienced. Hi, Anna. Hi, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, you bet. Uh, I, I found your article terrifying, really terrifying. Um, tell me I, what you yeah. tell me what you experienced. 
Um, well, where to start? Um, I mean, yeah, you introduced it. Um, it was a course for civil servants. Um, so that is um, staff uh, enacting the will of the UK government. Um, only the lecturers were espousing um, views which were very contrary to that, um, which the government's trying to perpetuate at the moment uh, in the realm of counterterrorism. Um, it there was one point where the lecturer actually went against the latest government commissioned review of Prevent um, and he actually uh, derogatively characterised William Shawcross who wrote the review as, uh, of Prevent um, as saying all counter-terrorist um, professionals are woke. He is of that ilk, he said. Um, so wait, 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 wait. What is, first of all, what is Prevent? Can you explain that? Yeah, sorry, I should have done. So in the UK, uh, Prevent is the UK's counter-terrorism strategy. It looks at radicalization in the UK and how to tackle it. And it's the policy that all counter-terrorism professionals follow. Um, and there was recently a review, but it gets reviewed every few years. Um, and it basically obviously gets reviewed for how effective it's being. Um, and there's been a massive movement over the last few years, um, or an attempt movement, I should say, rather, to uh, put uh, ideology at the center of counterterrorism. Right. Uh, this is something Shawcross is arguing because basically, um, previously, uh, people who committed terrorism, they were seen as almost victims. It was seen as a safeguarding issue in the UK. You know, uh, they would acknowledge maybe these people have been victims of crime or um, linked to crime or they've been in domestic abuse relationships. There was right. a real lack of um, giving them responsibility, but also placing ideology as a major motivating factor. Um, and one of the lecturers really went against uh, that recommendation of the, the Shawcross Review. Um as well as yeah, many other parts of the course which were so, concerning. So what I what I got from from you um, and other sources is, and we can see it happening, um, is a, a softening of people uh, of of calling out terrorists who might happen to be Islamic extremists, uh, and instead pinning extremism on the regular you know, Joe on the streets of England and saying that yeah. those who believe in England and freedom and everything else, that those might be the terrorists. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And, and in my article, I basically referenced that one of the civil servant attendees uh, basically professed that her brother had actually been radicalized and fought for uh, the Islamic State in Syria. Um, which I think is quite a dramatic revelation. Um, yeah. Later on, we were shown a, a video which was actually a jihadi um, from London, and he was. It was an advertisement to recruit people into Syria to fight for jihad. And she also recognised him too. She went. He went to my school. Um, she said, um, and this. Uh, same uh, person. Um, she was also a civil servant. We were all given a presentation to do um, as part of the course, and hers was uh, basically undermining Prevent and saying that it's inherently racist because it focuses on Islamist extremism uh, and it makes Muslims feel uncomfortable. Um, and you're exactly <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah. I was so shocked, especially the, the revelation about the brother. I mean, I was really looking around the room like, what? Did she just say that? And it was bizarre. People really just didn't <laughs> seem to think it was a big deal. Um, but you're so right about this 
this uh, the priorities just being completely skewed. Um, and and, and, I don't and know, the, f- sorry. The, f- yeah. the facts do point out that 70% of terrorist attacks in the UK are Islamist, correct? Is that a solid number? Yeah, exactly. I did actually say that to the room. Um, I basically used the comparison of uh, people who smoke and said that around 70% of lung cancers are caused by smoking. Um, So you would expect it would be really counterproductive not to discuss that, just to not cause offence to smokers, right? (laughs) So in that same logic, it'd be very bizarre not to discuss Islamist extremism just because there are um, Muslims who would find that uncomfortable. Right. Smokers would find cancer uncomfortable if you kept pointing it out, too. Um, the, um, uh, The overall... Uh, um, is this is this coming from uh, a um, political correctness? Is this coming from an anti-Jew? Is this coming f- where 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 did this start and and what's the purpose behind it? Do you think? Mm, look, it's it's one of those things that's hard to answer because I think it's it's. <clears throat> It's so many things. It's not just one thing, you know. I think ultimately identity politics, the, the kind of worldview that puts power, views everything through the lens of power. Unfortunately, um, Jews often come out uh, bottom there. Well, they come out the top in the sense they're viewed at the top of the social hierarchy. They're seen as possessing white privilege. Um, and also identity politics breeds the kind of things that says, one of the slides read, um, condemning terrorism is to endorse the power of the strong over the weak. And terrorism is not the problem, rather the systems they oppose are terrorists. These are ideas which people often wrongly, but do apply to Israel, um, because they view Palestinians as being unequal um, in kind of asymmetric warfare. Um, so they're really quite sinister stuff. And even though I think people usually aren't overtly explicitly anti-Semitic, the types of um, identity politics that they end up consuming often end uh, affecting Jews and Israel too as a consequence. Um, I read a story um, about Sir Lindsay Hoyle, the Speaker of the UK House of Commons. Um, And there was a a diary note from his office that said he was going to meet with the Palestinian ambassador to Britain last week. And that as part of a speaker-led diplomacy, we will be flying the Palestinian flag in honor of the Palestinian ambassador. But the problem is, there is no Palestinian ambassador. Well, Um, there's no state being ambassador of. Right. (laughs) There's no state. I mean, so what, what, what is happening? I mean, exactly. Uh, It's hard to say. I mean, you know... I know that America and the UK and Europe, they're all experiencing mass extremism on the streets, people coming out protesting in the name of uh, pro-Palestine. Um, but actually, they're, they're deeply anti-Semitic and anti-Israel. But more importantly, perhaps for your show, they're not just anti-Semitic and anti-Israel. They really are anti-Western, uh, right. they're anti-American ideals that I know you hold dearly. Um, mm-hmm. And that is often at the crux of it, uh, lying underneath, I think, influencing these people, whether they're aware of it or not. But I think actually, yeah, people are aware of it more than people give them credit for. So we just had a whistleblower here in the United States testify in front of Congress that um, we have the American Pentagon and our intelligence agencies 
along with um, the British military intelligence, uh, working together with Five Eyes to spy on the American people and the Western people, um, to find those that are radical and then suppress them as much as possible, uh, discredit, even use banking as a way to separate them from society, and if they have strong voices, to shut it down. That, <clears throat> that I was talking about last week. And then I read your story um, to where one of, the, uh, one of the lecturers said, to what extent should Joe Rogan and Douglas Murray be suppressed? They have millions of followers. To de-platform them, de-platform them would cause issues. So society needs to find other ways to suppress them. What did they mean yeah. by that? Oh, look, I mean, I mean, I was so gobsmacked when I heard that. Um, I can, I only hope that he was speaking very freely and ad lib, and he by no means uh, intended those words to be as sinister as they sound. Um, I think he was really just revealing the types of um, sensorial um, views and inclinations that a lot of people have within academia. And of course, he was talking to a room full of civil servants as well. Um, and you're right, there is a, a trend towards uh, suppression of what is deemed as radical voices. Um, I, I referenced Douglas Murray. Um, I'm a massive fan of his and his writing. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's uh, considered far right by this uh, lecturer in counterterrorism. Um and yeah, example also Nigel Farage. Um, I believe his he was uh, his bank account was closed down um, because of his um, views as well, uh, which is a deeply disturbing precedent to be set. Where do the English people stand on this? I mean, uh, it, it seems as though as I watch Europe and uh, even the acts of Brexit and what's happening here, each country is being told. It's just a few of these crazy, whatever, you know, farmers or, you know, radical farmers or uh, <clears throat> radical conservatives here in America, whatever it is. But it seems to me the same message is coming from the people. And that is, <clears throat> I, I'd like my country back. I'd like my rights back. I'm tired of the elites telling us exactly what to do because you're screwing it up as elites we we don't want any of this stuff. Is that the feeling in mm. England? Um, yeah, I, I think it really depends who you talk to. I think in England, a phrase that gets uh, banded around a lot is uh, the silent majority. Um, and it seems that we do have a kind of silent majority in the UK um, who are saying exactly the kind of thing you just said. Um, but in the civil service, um, very much in academia, it's very unpopular to talk yes. about things like uh, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and talk about examples in society where they're coming under threat. It's really considered something that the right, in inverted commas, do. Um, I know you're, you're speaking from America and, you know, people say right wing there. Um, more casually, you really would never hear someone describing themselves as that in the UK, you know, um, the types of things that uh, advocates on the right in America are arguing for, freedom of expression and free speech. Um, it's really, yeah, it's really unpopular to do that in the UK, in the civil service and in academia. And unfortunately, these are the institutions which influence policy. Um, so this course that I went on, you know, 
it's how do I put it? It, it is deeply concerning because ultimately these are people who are making policy that will eventually potentially be the difference between life and death. Um, so, yeah, it's vitally important. And that's why I hope to shed a light on it and what I experienced there. Anna, I think you're very brave. And I, I thank you for um, your voice and anything we can do to help amplify it um, because it's not just happening in America or England. This is a... This is a threat to all of the Western world and the freedom, um, you know, the freedom just to be able to decide your own way uh, in life and not have it dictated by people in high office that, you know, we're all becoming serfs again. And uh, that needs to stop. So, Anna, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. So our sponsor this half hour is MyPillow. Unless you're one of those weird people that helps uh, that hates a good bargain, you're going to want to check out what MyPillow.com has going on right now. MyPillow.com. When you use the promo code BACK, you're going to find some of the lowest prices they have ever offered, plus free shipping on your entire order. You can get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 or 50% off their new flannel sheets and their six-pack towel sets are going for $29.98 right now. It's an enormous blowout sale for my pillow, and it's all because they appreciate your business and they support you uh, and the support you have given them over the years. So don't wait. Check them out today. Take advantage of their free shipping, especially on larger items such as the mattress toppers, 100% made here in the USA, USA, and on sale. Sorry, I'm so far ahead of myself sometimes. Uh, on sale for as low as $99.99. You'll also find sales on their kitchen towels, dog beds, blankets, and so much more with the promo code BACK. To find this offer, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special Square, and check out everything that I've mentioned and more on sale. Remember, enter the promo code BECK, 800-966-3117. It's MyPillow.com. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, more and more every day, I feel like we're watching a, a play. We're watching a show, um, and it's well planned out. Uh, you look at, you just look at our border. What's happening on the border is we're going to, uh, as we showed you on Friday on a an episode of uh, Glenn TV uh, on Blaze TV, the the maps are uh, out. And you can see them and find them online from different organizations like the Red Cross or uh, Doctors Without Borders. This is an organized effort in South and uh, Middle and Central America to push people into the United States. This is not organic. This has nothing to do with, you know, the little guy just struggling to get here. That's not what this is about. We are being lied to, and things are being organized by, well, the people in Davos um, and the administrations of all of the Western countries that are participating in these things. And it is to shut down the Western way of life. And uh, today, if you're in Iowa, you have a big decision to make because you could stay at home because it's really cold and very dangerous to drive. You could stay home or you could go in caucus. And most people in America don't know what a caucus is. 
it's very different than election night where you just go and vote any time during the day. You have to go at night and then you have to, you know, be in a room full of people that are caucusing for a candidate. You might be asked to speak up why you think that candidate is the best. And it's a really different uh, procedure. I think really healthy myself, but it's going to get be hard for people to come out. But you must come out. The country has never needed the the winter soldier more than uh, right now. So if you can and stay safe, please go out and caucus. More on that coming up. You know those nights where you just lay in bed and you toss and turn and you're like, is it too much to ask just to get some good sleep, please? I just, I said, please. If you've ever had one of those nights, sleeplessness uh, is a real problem. You know that. Uh, it's not fun when it's happening and it only whacks you out the next day and then you're, and you're, you're wrecked for, the, for two days, please. Now, you can get uh, sleeping pills from your doctor, but I have to tell you, I think those things are dangerous um, they are so powerful and and just not good just not good now there's something called relief factor sleep that is all natural just like relief factor uh that you take for pain relief factor sleep is 100 percent drug free it's natural ingredients you don't feel it in your body at all so if you've ever taken any kind of drug to put you to sleep at night you know the next morning you're a little bit groggy i mean i'm like that with benadryl um it's it's awful uh, I've taken this. My wife has taken it. You don't feel it in your body. You just have a good night's sleep and feel refreshed in the morning. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800, the number 4 relief for great sleep. Welcome to the uh, program. I want to go through a couple of things. The Iowa caucus is happening tonight. And what is it that we are facing? What is it that we are really fighting for? Well, let me show you this uh, picture of a poster in San Francisco calling on residents to boycott Jewish owned businesses in the city. Is that reminiscent of anything? I just want to throw that out there. There has been a society that has issued posters like this before. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Then you have, uh, let's go cut three, the Antifa flag at a pro-Palestinian rally. Uh, oh, what do they have in common? Chaos. Then you also have the White House gates almost being pulled down yesterday uh, in another pro-Palestinian event. Nobody's saying anything about that, quote, insurrection. 
And as if we couldn't see the country more different, uh, here's a Democrat talking about the next election. Cut four. So much of what Dr. King fought for, this idea that every single person, no matter who they are, who they look like, where they're from, could participate in their democracy, that's that's on the line. And tomorrow marks the beginning of a critical election where I don't think I'm being hyperbolic by saying this next election is about whether or not we can have elections in this country as we know it. Wow. Um, I tend to agree with you, but I don't think we're talking about the same thing. First of all, uh, no one is talking about, I mean, he's quoting Martin Luther King. We're the ones who agree with Martin Luther King. The progressive Democrat does not agree with Martin Luther King. Have you listened lately? How do we survive? How do we ever come back together with our views, the polar opposite of each other? It's not like one side believes that there's a coup going on and the other side doesn't. Both sides think there's a coup going on. And we, I mean, we have pretty good evidence in one side, uh, but I guess you don't need evidence on the other side. Maybe they think they have it, but I don't see it. It's, 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 it's nuts. And then 69% of the people that say we shouldn't vote for a Republican Here's what they say about Joe Biden, cut six. You have the question of the president's age. I mean, it's just there in poll after poll, not just ours. Our poll, in fact, said 28 percent, just 28 percent think that President Biden has the mental sharpness to effectively serve for another term. That means 69, darn near 70 percent of the American people say he's not mentally fit for office. 70%. But they'll do anything they can to shut down uh, Donald Trump. And now we find out the truth on Fannie Willis. She is the Georgia DA. She brought the charges against Trump for election interference. She went to church, which to me sounds an awful lot like uh, uh, Christian nationalism. She went to her church, Big uh, Bethel, is is that who it is, or Bethel? Uh, AMC Church in Atlanta, she was talking about how she is being persecuted. Uh, Now, we find out last week that she's been having an affair. That's fine. That's her business. Uh, However, she's been having an affair. And then what? Then after the affair, she hires the guy that she's having the affair with uh, and uh, then pays him all kinds of money, almost six hundred or seven hundred thousand dollars, to uh, forward an investigation. She can't do that without permission from the board. She never got that permission, nor did she ask for it. Here's what she says is really going on. Listen to this: We are at a time in history when you can no longer sit back and just let other folks do. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Stumbling all the way. So his 
flawed, hard-headed, and imperfect child has a message for each of you today. Please find a way to do your extraordinary, God-given assignment yes. and make this community and the world a better place for all of his people. Yes. See, it is never about who you are. It is always about the great I am and who he is. See, we are all flawed, sinners, unworthy, imperfect, damaged, but we are qualified upon his call. You can find common ground with people of all different ideologies if you simply commit yourself to being obedient and steadfast in your efforts and his work. If you commit yourself, God will turn your hard-headed self into the extraordinary for his kingdom. Thank you. So we got that going for us. Uh, I think she was clear talking about God as an adulteress who's still not divorced from her husband. I think that's that's who my church would have, you know, give up and lecture me about, you know, different things. Um, well, Glenn, you know, we can't expect uh, black women to be perfect. And that's all. That's what we were doing. And we weren't judging her on her individual actions. We were coming up with a an idea that we needed black women to all be perfect and give them no grace so she's really hitting a powerful point there, which is yeah, just so incredible. So... Um, you know, I don't think anyone expected her to be perfect. I think maybe the very, I mean, I don't know what her husband was expecting. My guess is not what he got. Um, but I mean, it, it might be one of these situations where, you know, you, you expect you know, kind of very little out of uh, public figures these days. I, I don't think our expectations were set too high. Uh, maybe don't per, you know persecute your political enemies. Uh, that might be one thing we might request from from her. I think um, that would be nice. And then there's a situation. If somebody put this on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but it, it, the the idea that one of the reasons why these people are are like that are leading the resistance are held to these you know standards they feel are too high is because the media turns them into these superheroes mm -hmm. right the second they come out and they're like well you know i think i'm going to charge donald trump with this they, they get these glowing profiles in every piece of mainstream media where they are set up as the ultimate savior of the universe these people who are doing so much for so many and in reality like they re they 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 get excited to be these resistant he resistance heroes, and then they forget to, you know, uh, like delete their old tweets, um, yes. and I, or uh, you know, uh, forget that like once they're under the microscope, all of the things they've done that have been problems in their life are going to wind up coming out. And it's why you say this all the time: if you're going to get into this stuff, you better clean your life up before you do it. Well, the, but the left doesn't understand that because the left usually doesn't, isn't held responsible for, for anything. And, and that is what honestly makes the, uh, the left very intellectually weak. They're, they're, they're not pushed up against the wall on their, on their thoughts or ideas. Uh, you know, you push somebody who is, uh, progressive on their ideas and say, this has never worked in all of human history. And it's been tried, tried, and tried again, and it always fails. And their response will be, well, it hasn't been done right. Well, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And then they just start shouting things uh, about you or at you. 
Uh, and that's, you know, one of the real problems of of debate. You can't really have a debate with with people that just want to shut you down if they if you disagree with them. Um, we're looking at the uh, Iowa caucus today, and this is the kind of stuff that we are fighting. We're fighting uh, corruption. We're fighting uh, ideology. We're fighting over spending. We're we're fighting for our lives, really, honestly, this is the election that I, we won't survive another uh, Biden term. We just won't. Um, and we're being dismantled from the inside out. And ask yourself, who really is dismantling? Who's really causing the damage? We've put up with so much that has caused so much damage. Just the erasing of our history, teaching our youth that there is a hundred different genders. There is no such thing as truth that uh, white people are racist and always will be. You know, our founders were monsters. All of this stuff has just taken us apart. It must be restored or we are not going to survive. Now, who's best to do that? That's up to you tonight in Iowa. Yeah, it is. And it's an interesting, you know, one thing I always say about polling, and it's important to remember this, is that polling does not give you specifics. Polling gives you generalities. And if you think about polling as a as a as a vehicle to get you to the general tone of what's going on, it's pretty effective. If you obsess about someone having a two-point lead, and then when that doesn't happen, you say, oh, well, the poll was wrong and flawed, you're not, gonna, you're not getting anything out of this. So if you kind of look at polls as generalities, you can really get some general themes here. And if you look at the polling that has led up to Iowa, you see Trump with a big lead. You see Haley and DeSantis close for second, Ramaswamy behind that, and Asa Hutchinson is still in the race for whatever reason, right around <laughs> 1%. Like, you know, if Asa Hutchinson wins the Iowa caucus tonight, Glenn, I think we can really say there's a real problem with the polling yes, and the I way it's so working. Too. Yes. Um, if, if, you know, if Ron DeSantis beats Nikki Haley, the average poll has him down four points between Haley and DeSantis right now. If Haley loses to DeSantis, and no, I would not be at all surprised by that, um, I would not classify that as a massive polling failure. They're two close candidates that are near each other. You've got weather, you've got turnout. Mm -hmm. There's a m bunch of different things mm -hmm. that uh, that need to be uh, factored into that if donald trump wins by five tonight i mean it's a big polling miss right i mean yes. the, the, if you look at poll after poll after poll donald trump is up by you know give or take around 30 points um you can find some that are a little bit more than that you can find some that are a little bit less the final real clear politics average which is something that people will look at especially historically looking back at how the polling worked in this particular cycle has donald trump at 52.8 percent Nikki Haley, 19.2%, DeSantis at 15.4%, Vivek Ramaswamy, 68 and Asa Hutchinson at 1%. Um, okay, let, let me, let me uh, I want to hear your prediction for tonight, and I'll make my prediction for tonight uh, coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about LifeLock. Ever since the invention of email, cyber criminals have been coming up with new and ingenious ways of using it to separate you from your money and personal information. The scams vary from advertisements of bogus contests uh, to uh, fake delivery companies asking you to verify your personal information. I mean, somebody in my family was was apparently called by Apple and asked to uh, give them their ID. And it's like the Apple doesn't do that. Uh, unfortunately, the family member I 
was speaking about is very trusting and just gave it to them. Your personal information gets exposed so often, making it dangerously easy for cyber criminals to steal your identity. Protect yourself. You can't stop everything from happening, but you know somebody that you can have on your side that does a great job, and if they miss something, they you become a victim of identity theft. They have a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist that will work to fix it. That's where the rubber meets the road in my book. Um, join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK at lifelock.com. That's LifeLock by Norton at 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK. You'll save 25%. LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. All right, so uh, let's get the uh, predictions out. I, I, uh, I'm not as good at political predictions, so uh, let me go first. My, my prediction is that Trump will be the winner tonight, uh, then DeSantis uh, and uh, Nikki Haley. I think because of the weather, her support is, is weak. Um, and then Ramaswamy, who I think is going to do better than um, uh, than has been polled. Now, this is a caveat. I actually believe Asa Hutchinson will come in first <laughs> if Asa is the only one that could get to the caucus. Right. That uh, you've been saying you've been using that asterisk the entire time we've been yeah, talking yeah, about this. Yeah. Uh, so don't so, forget that asterisk. That is important. Uh, now, Glenn, as a uh, as a person who's occasionally wagered on some sporting events, um, there is a a concept when you look at this and you think to yourself is there a stay away game here? Like, you know, there's some games you have a real strong vibe on. You're going to put some money down. You believe mm -hmm. in it. There are some where you're like, eh, honestly, like I can come up with a bet, but this is one that I should probably just stay away. I don't really have a strong feeling on this game. This one falls into that category at some level. Other than Trump winning, which I'm pretty sure will occur tonight. We'll see. But the second to third place battle is interesting. I mean, in a norm, yes. if it was 62 degrees out right now, you yes. could make a case that even despite the fact that Haley has uh, weak support and unenthusiastic support. She's starting to surge. Everything yeah, like else. usually yeah. polling momentum in Iowa does mean something. We've seen that with can lots of different candidates, Santorum, Huckabee, even Ted Cruz in 2016, where some a rise in the poll late sometimes continues after the polling stops and turns into something. I don't know if that applies to Haley here. And honestly, with the weather the way it is, I don't think it will apply. My guess is if I had to if I had to place this bet, I would agree with your order of candidates there. I think DeSantis will probably do a little bit better than his polling. Um, I think Haley might do a little bit worse. Uh, Ramaswamy may be a little bit stronger. I think he has endeared himself a little bit over the past week or two where he's showed up to all these events in the snow. And mm -hmm. there's something to that. But I, again, you look at you look at the end of the story, and Donald Trump is going to win by probably twenty to thirty points, and that's going to be, you know, if he's not over fifty, it'll look like a disappointment, which shows his relative strength uh, in in the race. Yeah, I, I think you know he wins by 
15 to 20 points, 20 for sure, it's fine. If, he, if this is close, if it's under 10, that's a different story. But I don't see that, that happening. The Glenn Beck Program.